Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right. Well, good morning, Thrive. Good morning. How are you, how are you guys doing? Good? Wow, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but I, I just feel like God is in the room this morning. It's great to be in church with you guys. I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited for what Jesus is doing. Uh, re- real fast, uh, man, wasn't that an incredible worship set? Come on, wasn't, wasn't that just powerful? Can we just give it up for the worship team? They're probably in the back right now. But uh, how, do you, how do you follow that, man? That, that, was, that was amazing. That's, that's hard. That's, it's like when someone hits a home run and then you got to bat up next. You're like, all right, I guess I'm just going to try. Uh, but, but it's going to be good. Hey, for those of you that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at our amazing church called Thrive. Uh, love our family. I've been here for the last almost eight years now here at Thrive Church. And uh, coming on eight years this October. And love being here. I serve as the campus pastor uh, along with the team of pastors here. Um, our lead pastor, Pastor Eric, for those of you that know him, we love Pastor Eric. Do me a favor. Can we just honor Pastor Eric and Lori in the house real quick? They might even be watching online. We love our lead pastors. Uh, they're actually in Seattle. They're in Seattle this weekend. They are preaching at a church in Seattle. And so powerful stuff. And then also one of our worship pastors, Pastor Maribel, got to give her a shout out. She's preaching at a church in Vacaville. And so thrives just everywhere this weekend. And I love it. I love it. I love how God is using this place and this house to do some incredible things for his kingdom, Right? And so really, really cool. Uh, and so we just wanted to welcome you. For those that are new, thank you for joining us. Maybe you've been here a couple times. You've never met me yet. Would love to meet you in the lobby or at the end of service as well. So today, I'm excited. I get to preach. And man, am I going to preach. Let's go. And, and, I, and I feel like today, uh, I, have, I have a message plan but I just have a feeling Holy Spirit might interrupt some things, so we might have to go with the flow a little bit. But, but I'm excited because I, I know for a fact that for those of you that are here or watching online, I believe that Jesus really does have a word for you this morning. And, and I believe that there's something in this message to help you move forward and a little bit deeper in your relationship with Jesus. I really do. And so this is what we're going to do. Before we move on, we're going to go ahead and stand up. We're going to read the word this morning. We're continuing our series in the book of Joshua. Uh, we're gonna continue our heart and soul series. And so this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna read it. Uh, you can pull out your Bible, Joshua chapter 13. Joshua chapter 13, verse six through eight. Joshua chapter 13, verse six through eight. You can read it in your Bible or you can pull it up on your screen in front of you, whether that's an iPhone, an iPad, however technologically you advanced you are this morning, uh, you can go ahead and pull it up. And let's go ahead and read this, okay? So I'm going to read it out. And and we're going to jump right into the message. Here we go. And it said this. Now, the Lord is speaking to Joshua. He says, be sure to allocate this land for Israel, to Israel, for an inheritance as I have instructed. Everybody say instructed. Instructed. Instructed you. And divide it as an inheritance among the nine tribes and half of the tribe of Manasseh. The other half of Manasseh, the Reubenites, the Gadites, had received the inheritance that Moses had given them east of the Jordan as he, the servant of the Lord, had assigned it to them. Come on, family, let's pray. Jesus, uh, we just thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. 
I'm so excited for what you're going to do in the room this morning. I believe with all my heart that you, uh, your word is powerful. And it changes and transforms lives. And, and I thank you for what you're doing in this house, that, that Thrive is a house of, of healing and freedom. And, and God, that you are moving and speaking right now. So I pray that I would get out of the way and that you, Jesus, would do what you want to do and that we give it to you this morning. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, the Thrive family said? Amen and amen. Go ahead and have a seat. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message or conversation today is All That Power. Go ahead and tell the person next to you, All That Power. All That Power. All That Power. And, and, and I'm, I'm excited because uh, I believe the topic today, and, and I'm, I'm going to try to not go into a bunny uh, trail, like, like go down the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole and then end up somewhere random. Anybody like that? Anybody got family members that, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, we got a pastor. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Man, I'm gonna try not to do that. But what I wanna talk about today, which I, which I believe is so uh, prevalent, and, and there's not enough time. This topic in the time frame that I'm allotted today it would not do it justice. But what I wanna talk about today is the topic and concept of authority. I wanna talk about authority. And the reason why I believe it's a hot topic today is because I believe that in society today, and I'm not going to get super political about it, but we have a misunderstanding and a misconception about authority. We are are lacking a biblical worldview on authority. We really are. And, as, and, and I don't know if you know this, but as, as Christians, as disciples, for those of you who would say that I have a relationship with Jesus and I'm trying to follow in the footsteps and the path of God, authority is such an important thing to understand and comprehend. Authority is really uh, one of the greatest differentiators between us and the world. Did you know that when before you were saved by grace and before you accepted Jesus and before you gave your life to God and before you had an amazing, awesome relationship with Jesus and you decided to be a follower of Jesus, that your life was in chaos, that it was completely in chaos. And some of you can attest to that. Some of you understand that the wages of sin not only just produce death, but also chaos. But the cool thing about this kingdom, the cool thing about Jesus, and the cool thing about the ways of Jesus is that Jesus, in Jesus, is order. There's peace. There's stability. There's consistency. And that he calls us to follow him in all of his ways. And and for some of us, that's kind of where we get stuck. See, see, here's the issue, I believe, for a lot of us. Uh, A lot of us uh, have have had what I would call a salvation moment or an experience. Or or you you could go to this realization where there was a time in your life where you didn't know Jesus and now you know Jesus, right? Right, the Bible would call it justification. That's the fancy theological term. That before you were in sin and now because of the cross and the resurrection, you are now justified in Christ Jesus. Therefore, you are righteous in him. That's what the Bible says, okay? And then there's this process called sanctification. And sanctification is the, is the process of you becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And ultimately, in the process of sanctification, this is what needs to happen. That no longer can Jesus just be Savior. No longer can you just be justified. But then there comes a moment in your life and my life where Jesus not only is just Savior, but he has to become Lord. 
And so I feel like for most, uh, most of us, like just normal humans, right? I'm, I'm speaking to myself right here. Just normal people who are trying to do this Jesus thing. Sometimes the process or the, the, the space between Lord, Savior and Lord can be so far apart that a lot of us have accepted Jesus as Savior. But the only way that we can experience God and the fullness of God and what God has called us to is when we accept him as Lord, right? He's coming back one day, guys. And the Bible says in Revelations, he's not coming back as Savior of Saviors, but he's actually coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And why is this such a problem, I believe, especially for Americans? Let's just be honest. Because we don't like anybody telling us what to do. We want to we wanna be whatever we want to be. We are so entitled. And I'm a millennial, so I'm talking from experience. Come on. Don't tell me what to do. I want to I do what I want. I want to drive when I want. I want my hot pocket when I want. I want to do whatever I want, right? I, I want to do whatever I want. But when you get saved, and this is why sometimes it's a culture shock for people who, who, who come into the kingdom, is that they, under, they have to understand that God's ways are not our ways. And now that there's a different authority, there's actually an authority higher than everything in their life. And that's Jesus. Look what Watchman Nee says. He's one of my favorite authors. And, and, and man, this book is, is just powerful that he writes. It's called Authority and Submission. And he says this. Go ahead and throw that quote up, which would be great. Uh, go ahead and throw that up. It says, God's works issue from God's throne. God's throne is established upon authority. All things have been created by the authority of God. God's authority represents God himself. And the whole universe... Only God is authority. Come on now. In the whole universe, that's what he says. In the whole universe, only God is authority. All other authorities are appointed by God. Nothing is greater than the authority of God in the universe. Nothing can surpass it. For this reason, if you and I want to serve God, we must know God's authority. I love that explanation. Nothing is greater than God's authority. Authority, because God and his authority are one in the same, are one in the same. And so I wanna talk about the authority of God. I wanna talk about understanding his authority because here in this passage of Joshua, Joshua is almost a hundred years old. Joshua just got done conquering as much of Canaan and the promised land as possible. Now, Pastor Maribel mentioned this last week. God reassigns Joshua. I don't know if you've ever been in a season where God says, you're done with this and now you gotta do this. And it's sometimes the most uncomfortable thing when God calls you from something, from one thing to something else, right? When God calls you from one thing to something else. That's what Joshua, Joshua for years was a commander. Joshua for years was a soldier. Joshua for years only knew really how to do one thing. He served Moses and he led the armies of Israel. And now the Bible says that Joshua, he called Joshua to a different form of leadership to now administrate the land of Israel. And, 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 I, and as I was reading about this passage, one of the things that came up that I thought was so clear or was so powerful is that one, one commentary said this, I, I believe it was David Guzik. He said this, he said, if it was up to Joshua, Joshua more than likely would have finished conquering Canaan before he died. See, when you read this passage, Pastor Maribel talked about it last week. 
you see that God leaves a couple of cities remaining. God leaves a couple of things left. God leaves Joshua and the pe- really the people of Israel some, some assignments still. But the Bible talks about how God tells Joshua, you are done with the season of conquering. You are done with the season of fighting. You are done with this season of trying to win cities. And now you have a different assignment. If it was up to Joshua, Joshua probably would have finished the job. Now, I don't know about you, but I am the most OCD person I know. I'm bad. You can ask my wife, I am horrible. My poor family, I come in the house and the first thing I start doing is cleaning because everything's gotta be in order and every, everything's gotta be in control. And, 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 and I can imagine Joshua, he has this map of the land of Israel, right? He has this map of the promised land and he's thinking, what am I gonna do next? And what am I gonna do next? And out of nowhere, the Lord says, Joshua, you're done with that season. You got something else now. What happened? Even though Joshua had his plans and his will, and what he wanted to do, and his task list. Come on, I'm getting in someone's kitchen today. God said, hey, we're gonna do something different. Oh, that's the worst. I don't know if any of you are control freaks in here. (laughs) What happens when that inner control starts to get all shaken up because Jesus says so? What happens when the will of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God and the voice of God contradicts your plans. What happens when the authority of Jesus begins to be lived out in your life, you have to now submit to what God wants to do in your life. And so this is why I wanna talk about authority because you can only get to lordship, guys. You can only get to Jesus being on the throne of your heart. You can only get to the place where Jesus is completely over everything. That's where we wanna be. If you're in here and you're a disciple or you're a believer and you wanna have a relationship with Jesus, you need to get to the point in your life where Jesus is everything and nothing else matters except for him. You need to get to that place of your life. And I'm not saying it's not important. I I love all that stuff. I love like TV shows and food and all those things. But, But the priority of my life, the Bible says in Matthew, right? Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Can I get Jesus to the number one place? Can I set him up with supremacy in my life? The absolute most important thing, more than my family, more than my friends, more than my church, more than my job, more than anything in my life, can Jesus be the number one? Because when Jesus is set at the priority of your life, everything else will follow. And maybe, just maybe, the reason why sometimes things don't work the way we want them to work is because the priority is different. And so to understand how to get him there, we first have to understand what is authority? What is authority? So I have four points that I believe, four four just simple points to help us understand the authority of God, to to help us understand if we wanna have a relationship with Jesus, we need to have a relationship with authority. And so I want us to understand and have a solid relationship with understanding the authority of God. Does that sound good to you? Are we good? You guys following? Great. Point number one is sovereignty. Go ahead and throw that up. Point number one, God's sovereignty. Why? Because God is God and we are not. Let me, let, me, let me get to this first point before we get into any other points. To understand God's authority in your life, you first need to acknowledge that God is God. And I know that sounds really basic. And I know that sounds really simple. But for a lot of us, that's really hard. A lot of us, 
I, myself included. Sometimes we have a God complex. You have thought you have been in control of your life so much that what we can do is we can replace Jesus in our own life. It happens. It absolutely happens. Where we're, and and then, then, then it gets really rough. It gets really bad. I love that here at Thrive, Pastor Eric teaches the word. You know what I'm talking about? He just teaches the word. He, 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 he's so, uh, the, the core value of, of, of who he, our lead pastor is, one of them is truth. You know what happens when you begin to change the God of the universe and you begin to manipulate him in your mind? You begin to manipulate his word. You begin to, you, you begin to manipulate his plans. And, and, and what you begin to do is you begin to talk to Jesus as if he's someone you can control. And what that produces, what that produces is, is, a, is, is, a, is, is fake fruit. It produces something that's not real. And so you and I, before we can even get into the concept of authority, the first thing we have to understand is that God is God and we are not. His ways are not our ways. He's totally different than us. And guys, that's okay. And I thank God that God is so much bigger and greater than I am because if he wasn't, I would be a mess. If you would understand and comprehend this, and for some of us, this is very basic and fundamental, so I know you guys got it, but for those of you that are maybe having a hard time with this, I want you to understand that when we begin to understand that God is who he is, he is all-sufficient, he is all-powerful, and he does not need us. He is God in himself. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Trinity, three in one, in perfect union and relationship from the beginning of time. We weren't even around. We didn't even exist. And God knows from the beginning to the end, the author and finisher of our faith. He is beyond anything you can ask or imagine. He is beyond everything you can think of. He tells the sand where to stop and the mountains to go where, how high he wants them to go. He tells the grass how many blades it can have and the hairs you can have on your heads. He is all powerful. And you know what? I can trust the God who's all-powerful. Because sovereignty is not about control with God. It's about trust. God wants you to understand that you can trust him. But the only way you can trust him if you know that he absolutely is in control. And so you and I got to get to the point where we get to know this God who is sovereign who is over everything and is above everything. If you wanna know the authority of God, if you wanna have an understanding of the authority of God, the first thing is you have to know God's sovereignty. Everybody say sovereignty. sovereignty. You have to know God's sovereignty. Second point is this, proximity. Go ahead and throw that up, proximity. Because what we are around, we become. That's good. What we are around, we become. Show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. Shoot, they've been teaching me that at youth camp since I was like 13 years old. Nerdy, nerdy preacher. I just imagine just a nerdy preacher at youth camp coming up to me and be like, Chris, show me who you're around and I'll show, show me your friends and I'll show you who you really are. And I'm like, okay. I remember one time, I, I remember one time, my wife, my wife, I love my wife, but my wife's mean. And if you didn't know who my wife is, she's taking care of your kids in the back. <laughs> I'm at a conference. And there's another preacher at that conference. And that preacher's fire. I won't name names. But that preacher's amazing. And I'm sitting with my wife at the conference. And my wife, I, I preached the first day and this guy's preaching the second day. And he's, 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 he's just crushing. You ever, you ever go into church and someone's just preaching and you're just like, oh my gosh, it feels like fire's coming out of their mouth. 
You're like, well, you're like in the splash zone at SeaWorld. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and my wife looks at me. I'm in the front row and I'm going for it. I'm like, yes, amen. And she's just into it. And she looks at me and she says, oh my gosh, babe, he's so good. And I was like, yeah, he's amazing. And then she goes, he's so much better than you. <laughs> Savage, right? So <laughs> what happens when you marry a Latina. You know what I'm talking about? Man, and she's from Stockton. Help me, Lord. From Stockton. She just, she said, she straight, just straight face. She wasn't being emotional. She just, truth, just sharper than a two-edged sword, the Bible says. She says, babe, he's so much better than you. Thanks. Thanks, babe. And she goes, no, no, I'm serious. He's just really, really good. And I was like, I get it. He's so much better than me, okay? Let's just, let's just drop it, okay? We'll just go eat some tacos after because that's what you do after conferences and I'll eat my feelings away, right? Whatever. And, and, she, and then she says this. She says, she says, but look at the preachers he's been around his whole life. And I, and I, and I said, okay. And this, this is what she's saying. And then she looked at me. She said, Chris, you need to get around some people who are better than you. And I said, okay. See, because what surrounds you is what you become. And so if you want to understand authority, you have to be around authority. It's real simple. You can't understand God's authority. You can't, you can't let God speak to you from, the God, from, from that sovereign place, from that authoritative place, from that place where you trust him and you love him. We, we can't understand the authority of God when we don't spend time with God. Some of us are wanting a deeper relationship with Jesus without spending time with Jesus. And, and, and some of us think it's about activity, but can I tell you that it's not about activity. Just because you do things for him doesn't mean that you're spending time with him. Just because I do things for my wife doesn't mean that I'm spending time with my wife. Imagine if my marriage was nothing but tasks and there was no relationship, there was no conversation. Imagine that all I did was clean the house and cooked and cleaned. Some wives are like, come on, can I get an amen? Some, some wives are like, I'll trade. No, no, but imagine, but I never talked to her. Imagine I went, I went on a date night with my wife and I didn't talk to her. I just ate my food and walked out. Imagine that, that like, like the most awkward date ever. Some of you single people, don't do this. And then, and then this is what we do. Or we go on a date and you just talk about yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, you're talking, and, and, and then I think about it, I'm like, dude, that's probably how we are with Jesus on Sundays. All we do is come in and eat, or we come in and talk about ourselves, and we leave, and we're like, we'll see you next week, bro. I'll see you at 10, maybe 11.30 if I wake up on time. And all the while, Jesus is like, I, I, I didn't die for Sunday. I died for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I didn't die for some of you. I died for all of you. I didn't pay half the price. I paid the whole price. My, cro my cross and my blood was enough. And, and, and did you know that Jesus wants to be closer to you than you would ever want to be closer to him? Isn't that crazy? Because do you know how messed up you are? Because I know how messed up I am. And that God wants to spend time with me. Jesus, I feel like even though he doesn't need us, isn't it incredible that he wants us? He's like that annoying friend when you were a teenager that always wants to spend the night. <laughs> hey, bro, can I just come over? Your food's so much better. I was that friend. 
because my mom would make spaghetti on Monday and it would last till Friday, so I was dying. I was like, oh Jesus, burnt spaghetti in the freezer. Freezer burnt spaghetti on Thursday night does not sound good. God taught me how to fast, not because I was spiritual. Man, that annoying friend that always wants to come over. And, and can I be honest? I don't ever want my relationship to Jesus to be that I feel like he's annoying me or bugging me. I want to be so close to God. Proximity is this, is that what is around you, what is near you, what is surrounding you. And if, 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 if there's other things in your life, that's okay. But the main thing in your life has to be Jesus. Your life has to be centered around the presence of God. And if it's not centered around the presence of God, you'll never understand authority. You'll never understand the fullness and the depth of the relationship you have with Jesus. Get some people around you that love God. Get some stuff around you that love God. Make sure that in every day of your life, there is, a, at hand's reach, you can grab Jesus. At any moment, I could talk to him. At any moment, I could spend time with him. At any moment, I could read my Bible. At any moment, I could hang out with people that have Jesus in them too, so that way I can get the Jesus in me all stirred up. At any moment, I'm close. And I want to tell you, I feel like I needed to hit this point because there's some of you who have been feeling distant from Jesus. You've been feeling like it's far away. But can I tell you, the Bible says Jesus would preach city to city and he said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning that it's right there. You are not too lost. Here, someone online too. You are not too lost. You are not too broken. You are not too far away from the love of God. I'm telling you right now. Put him close. Number three, and you guys aren't gonna like this one. Everybody say sovereignty, sovereignty. Proximity. proximity, submission. submission. Woo! Why? Because we are not in control. And you know what's funny? As I was preparing for this, I was thinking, I don't need to tell them that. They know this, COVID. <laughs> like as if we need to relearn. But some of you, God forced you to let everything go during COVID. And right when COVID started ending and the mask came off, you grabbed all the stuff back. You took off your mask, but you carried hundred more pounds of stress and anxiety and worry and depression and sin and doubt and fear. You, you were, some of us were tripping on a mask when we were carrying baggage. And, and this is what we did. We, 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 we got back in control. And, and the truth is, is that if you want to understand the authority of God is you have to understand submission. And we don't like that word. Oh, we don't like that word. And, 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 and can, I, can I bring it to, to, to a fair point? Um, the reason why some of us don't even like submission is because we've had authority who has misused or mistreated or manipulated. So some of your lack of trust in submission is valid. With people, I understand. That's why you all got to get in a Thrive group because that's how God heals relationships is through people. But to understand... Submission between you and the Father, right? Jesus in the garden, for example, crying out to God, not my will, but your will, because he didn't want to go on the cross because he knew it was going to be painful, but yet he decided to go on the cross. Why? Because I'm not in control, Jesus. You are. Joshua, in this very moment, God, I want to still conquer the land. And God says, no, you can't conquer the land. You're done. And what does Joshua have to say? Not my will, but your will. We have to get to the place where submission becomes second nature. 
where it becomes second nature. We go last year to LA for Christmas, like we always do. My family lives in LA. And my son Zadok is four. And uh, he is so funny and so cute, but he's still a dude. And what do I mean by that? Uh, if you have sons or you have young men, um, they get, you know what I'm saying? Like, they start to, especially when they get older, they, they start to show dominance. They wanna, they wanna mark their territory in a sense, right? And, 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 and we're not really angry or violent people. Like I'm way too chill sometimes, to be honest. I'm intense, but I'm chill. I'm complicated, just leave me alone. And, uh, <laughs> and Zadok's kind of the same way. Zadok, Zadok's kind of the same way. So I have four little brothers, right? And um, so my brothers were hanging out with Zadok and my brothers, like normal brothers, they're just fighting. They just fight, they just fight, they just fight, right? And they, and they just go into each other and they just suck each other in the chest. I don't know if that's normal. It's probably not, but that's my family, right? At any moment, just bah! Sock you in the chest. You're like, we're not even expecting it. Only if you're family though. If you're not family, we won't do that to you. So you're safe. Um, but just like they'll sock you or they'll throw you around. And so Zadok loved it because he has all his theos that are older than him. And he's like a little boy. So he's like, man, I'm gonna wrestle. I'm gonna wrestle. And he's been wrestling with the brothers all day long. So I'm hanging out downstairs. I just woke up from a nap, which I normally do when I'm on vacation every day. And I just woke up from a nap and I tell Zadok to go get me something upstairs. And my son, I love my son, but he's kind of, He's still four. And so what he decides to do is he decides to throw a fit and he walks up upstairs to get what I needed him to get with attitude. He comes down. He has attitude. I think it was his iPad I needed because I wanted him to charge it because we were gonna go to dinner later. He throws his iPad at me. I was like, strike one, bro. Strike one. And I was like, Zadok, what are you doing? You can't be doing that. And I said, dude, go to the bathroom. And this is what I tell my son. I don't know how you guys parent, but this is just how I parent. And I don't even know if it's good, but we'll work on it, Okay. So, but that's also like, you don't have to text me parenting skills. We're cool. That wasn't a welcome to like, I need help. Trust me. I just wanted to find that real quick. Online, people are in the comments right now. Well, Pastor Chris, just read this book. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. Maybe, but I'm cool. I said, so then what I tell Zadok, when he's, when he's doing his thing, when he's emotional, I tell him, hey, bro, go get your life together. Go, go in another room. That's what I tell him, go get your life together. I do, I literally tell him that. Go get your life together. What does that mean? Stop crying, figure yourself out, come back and say sorry. He knows exactly what that means. He goes to the bathroom, he's crying, da, da, da. Now I'm with my grandma, and how many of you know grandmas, right? That they, the grandkids could do no wrong. So Zadok comes out, and, and, and he hugs my grandma, and then I'm thinking he's gonna come hug me, because that's the normal. And Zadok comes up to me, and I'm like, all right, Zadok, you okay now? You good? You got it all together? And Zadok's just looking at me like this. And, 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 and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, I don't know what's about to happen. And he just hugged my grandma, so I'm just thinking, okay, maybe he's still a little mad, whatever. And, and I said, okay, Zadok, give me a hug. And as I go for a hug, kind of like an elf when he's about to hug the raccoon, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody know that movie? Yeah? yeah? yeah. That's like my favorite movie, for real, for real. He's about to hug the raccoon. Zadok goes like this. He goes... Like, like, like he winds up the punch and looks at me with like a firm Bruce Lee karate stance. And he's about to go for it. He, in his little mind, he says, I'm not taking this. I can fight my Theos. I can fight my dad too. Let's go, dad. And I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even exaggerating. He goes. And I said, oh, heck no. The devil is a liar. And so 
He, and I'm like, let me see if he swings. I dare you, bro. Like in my head, I'm just like, I dare you, bro. And he starts to swing, which he thinks is probably like supersonic fast feet, speed. And it's not because he's four. And I grab his hand and I, I did. I give him a pow, pow. <laughs> I did. I did. On the arm. It wasn't that hard, I promise. There was no marks or nothing. We're cool. Some of y'all trying to share this video with CPS later. I forgot we were online. Bah! And immediately he just gets shook. He just gets shook and he just starts weeping. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dad. I'm sorry. Because he thinks another pop house coming. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He starts freaking out. He tried to one-up me. This four-year-old tried to show me that he was stronger than I was. And as I think about submission, that's oftentimes what you and I do with Jesus. Well, God, I want to do this. God's like, no, you can't do this. Let's go. Let's go. And God's probably thinking, what? This is such a joke. Like, and I love, I loved my son. It was so, I don't know how I hit him and not laugh. Like, I, I was dying. I was, I was just dying laughing because he really thought that he's going to go for it. He really thought that I'm going to win this match. He lifted his fist up and he was ready to go. And he's like, dude, I'm in control. And I was like, son, there's no way you're in control of the situation. <laughs> and here we are when we go to Jesus. This is the house I want to buy. This is the job I want to do. This is the person I want to marry. And God's like, why are you trying to fight me? First off, let's talk about it. Secondly, you're not going to win. And yeah, yeah, look, okay, we have free will, but your life will be a whole lot easier if you stop trying to fight Jesus on the things he already told you what to do. I already told Zadok stop being dumb in that moment. And here he is trying to fight me and, 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 and learning submission, learning that when the Father tells us something to do in our life, we have to, we absolutely have to submit to authority. Yes. I, don't want, I don't want to be like Zadok, right? And it's kind of a joke, but it's serious. Like, I don't want to be like Zadok thinking that I can fight the God of the universe over my little things in my life that I want to do because I want to do them. It's petty. And God loves us way too much to have us stay petty. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Everybody say sovereignty. sovereignty. Proximity. Proximity. Submission. Submission. And lastly, obedience. obedience. If submission, I want to I define it as this. If submission is the heart behind giving everything to God, obedience is the action of following, following it. Okay. Submission is my heart is willing to submit to the plan and will and purpose of God because he is authority. But obedience is the action of carrying out what's in my heart. Yes. And anything else, because this is why obedience is so important, because anything less is rebellion. That's right, that's right. That's right. And that's a heavy, that's heavy, but it's so true. God requires obedience. Not only does he ask for it, he requires it. And, and he understands we're not perfect. I'm not coming here saying you have to be completely perfect and the most perfect Christian ever. No. But what I am telling you is that when God tells you to do something, you better do it. Because anything less is rebellion and rebellion is sin. Straight up. Straight up. 
When God tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's sin. When God tells you not to do something and you do it, it's sin. It's real, like, like, let's not complicate the gospel. God loves you. He died for you. He rose again for you. You are now called to follow him. And every time you decide not to follow him, it's sin. Story of our life, right? Isn't that so funny how simple that was, but how complicated that is in the moment, how that could feel so stressful and so intense. But listen, if I want to understand authority and I want to have this understanding of authority and this relationship with God and have the authority of God in my life, I need to be obedient. I need to be obedient. I cannot let obedience separate me from Jesus. I can't. I can't, I, can't, I can't get to the place where I feel like I'm not close to God anymore because of my disobedience. God's around. God's close. We talked about that. But my, my disobedience will take me a step back. My disobedience will get me out of step of following Jesus. And I know that's very basic and fundamental. But can I be honest? We as the church, not Thrive necessarily, have had a horrible, horrible reputation at times, not all the time, but sometimes in history because of a lack of obedience from people who follow Jesus. How many of you, you know this, it is so hard to tell other people about God nowadays sometimes because immediately when you bring up the subject of Jesus, they already build up a wall because they've been hurt or they've been lied to or they've been manipulated. And guys, we gotta do better. We gotta do better. And the reason why they've been hurt to and lied to or manipulated is because someone who said they were a follower of Jesus was disobedient, straight up. I don't wanna do that. I just want my yes to be yes and my no to be no. I'm not, I'm not, talking, about, I'm not talking Pastor Chris now. I'm just, I'm just talking Chris. I'm just, I just wanna be real. Like I, I want, my, I want my, what I say to match up with what I do. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, that's genuinely how God moves through people. Like, like we won't talk about revival and a move of God. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just say what God, just do what God says yes to and don't do what God says no to. Now, sovereignty, proximity, submission, and obedience. I believe are four key areas that you and I need to understand authority. The last one though, which I believe are kind of connect with all of them, is that the only way you can be obedient, the only way you can understand God's sovereignty, the only way you can be close in proximity, the only way you can be submissive is you gotta surrender. You gotta surrender. You cannot do any of those things and not surrender. And not surrender. So right now, what we're gonna do, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. We're gonna let you go in a minute. But I want everybody to close their eyes, bow their head. And I just wanna spend some time in worship right now. If you wanna come to the front, you can come to the front if you like. But I wanna do this. If, if you're in this room and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Chris? If any of those points, you know, I need to understand God's sovereignty. I need to understand. I need to get close to God again. I need, I need proximity. You know, Pastor Chris, I need, I need to learn how to submit. I have a hard time with submission. My heart is hard toward God. I have a hard time with submission. 
Or, or, or God, I, I, I have the heart to submit, but I lack follow-up. I, I lack follow-through. I, I have a hard time with obedience. I want to invite you to a moment of surrendering that all to Jesus. I, I believe with all my heart that coming out of COVID, there's some things we got to let go. I believe there's some things that happened. And so right now, I want to, I want to invite you to that. If that was any any of those points, if that's something you need to work on or something that God wants to do in your heart or you're connecting with this message in any sort of way, slip up your hand for me. Come on, slip up your hand. Come on, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So good. Do me a favor. If you raise your hand, come meet me in the front. Come on, come meet me at this altar real quick. Just, just for a few minutes. We're gonna let you guys go right now, but I just, I feel it in my heart. That, that step, all, all, that, all that the altar is is that we're taking a step to tell God, okay, we're serious right now. We're, we're just gonna focus on him. Come on, come on, that's you. Anybody else, you can come up or you can stay where you're seated, but I, but I, I wanna invite you to this, to just lock in. And this is what we're gonna do. Everybody, head bow, eyes closed, lift up your hands. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.